Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Journey to Freedom podcast. On this week's episode, I would like to continue sharing guest stories who have achieved their success and can share their journey with all of us. That's why today I'm extremely excited to bring to you a very special guest whose story is not to be missed. He's an American businessman who served in a U.S. Naval Academy, worked at Marriott International for over seven years, became a CEO of Pizza Hut in North America, and also Chief Executive Officer for PepsiCo for nearly six years, just to name a few, Mr. Stephen Raymond. I had a pleasure of meeting Mr. Raymond a few weeks ago at one of the hotels in Florida and was genuinely moved by his past career experience and passion for the industry. Besides being a CEO for one of the world's leading food and beverage companies that currently serves over 200 countries around the world, Mr. Raymond also served as a Dean of Business School at Wake University in North Carolina. With my today's guest, I would like to inspire and motivate you to work towards achieving your success story, no matter which industry you might be working in. That's why in this episode, we'll be talking about some of the best advice to pursue your career, opportunities and challenges during your career progression, how to find the right industry leader, and so much more. Mr. Raymond, it's a pleasure having you here. Thank you very much for your time. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I would like to begin with a little bit of your life story and your path of becoming a CEO of one of the largest companies in the U.S. Could you share with the audience a little bit how you started your journey, how everything started with you? Well, I uh, I never uh, had the expectation as a as a young child that I would uh, be a CEO of a of a company or uh, actually be in business at all. I grew up uh, being very fortunate to have a wonderful mom who was the hero of my life. Uh, single mom, with she had the three kids. She was widowed at twenty nine, and she worked went to work uh, to to support us. And we didn't have a lot of material uh, possessions and and experiences, but we had a, a wonderful, um, I had, and my siblings had a wonderful family, um, loving, unconditional, loving experience from our mom that, that, uh, gave us the confidence, uh, to, uh, to do what, what we were made to do. And she always would say, you could do anything that you set your mind to do. And she was there, uh, to support me in doing that. So I just started on my journey, uh, in school, I went to public schools in Miami, Florida, and Got a great education. There are people all along the way that reached out uh, to help me and to encourage me and support me in that effort. And uh, I feel very fortunate with the background that I had. Absolutely. Would you say that, uh, that's from my own perspective, my own experience, would you say that the support, especially from, from your family and from your closest friends, that is something that can definitely set you up for success? Well, it certainly was uh, the case for me. Again, my mom was always my role model, and uh, she instilled in me the the values, uh, the faith, um, you know, the commitment to to, to do uh, to do all that I could uh, and, and achieve uh, what I set my mind to, to, to do. Absolutely. And do you think? I'm just very curious as well, because when 
you're, you know, when we're all so young, of course, we don't really think about what we want to do in the future. We all, maybe some people want to be a firefighters or astronauts or, or some kind of a, a jobs that we're not really sure of, but um, how did you throughout your, your lifetime, especially when you're younger, how did you, um, or what was your, your goal? Did you have any idea what you want to do in your life at that time? Well, I think starting uh, as far back as I can remember early in elementary school, I made up my mind I wanted to go to the service academy. I, I can't exactly uh, pinpoint how that came about, but I wrote for my first catalog to the Naval Academy back uh, when I was in the third grade. And um, I just sort of modeled my high school, my uh, elementary, junior and high school uh, experiences to to, uh, to get to the academy. And it, it's it was probably based on the fact that my uh, my father was in uh, the army during World War II, and um, uh, although I didn't know him well because he passed when I was uh, six years old, I think I probably set my mind on being a military officer based on uh, on that experience, and so that you know that sort of was the early part of my life, and that sort of motivated me to to aspire to uh, to, to get to the academy, and I was fortunate enough to get an appointment to to attend the academy and I'm very proud of it. And then with with that being said, when you're in the um, in the academy and you were pretty young at that time, did you think that you would you're going to actually stay at the same stage? Are you going to uh, or are you going to pursue something else? You're going to switch to a different industry. Well, I joined uh, I went to the academy thinking I'd be a career military officer and and I had a wonderful experience. I, I uh, had 5 year five years in the Marine Corps, and um, I have great memories and very proud of uh, the service that I had. It was uh, during the the time I was uh, stationed in Washington, D.C. with the Marine Corps that I I met my, uh, my wife. And uh, as I thought about the future, uh, I just, uh, we, we decided together that that probably wasn't uh, the life that we that we wanted, and so I made the decision to uh, to, to uh, leave the Marine Corps. But certainly, even to this day, I have tremendous uh, admiration for all those who serve, and, and I'm very proud to have been in, in the Marine Corps. And our youngest son uh, went to the Naval Academy and is now a uh, first lieutenant in the Marine Corps, serving uh, in Hawaii, and um, is we're, we're very proud of him as well. So. The service has had an important part in my life and continues to have that. That's great. Amazing. Congratulations to your son. Also, so I, from, from, uh, from what I know, after attending University of Virginia, you also work at Merritt International, where I currently work at. You worked there for a few years. Is that correct? I did. I, uh, between, after my first year of business school, uh, Marriott was uh, interviewing on campus and uh, it sounded like something I wanted to do. I interviewed and was uh, was hired and it was in a program that Bill Marriott started uh, to uh, to bring in uh, graduate students that would learn the business from the ground up. And he, I was uh, one of four students in that first year uh, of the program and was assigned to the restaurant uh, business. And just as soon as I got there, I just realized I really loved it. And what I uh, determined uh, in, in those early years was that uh, what I enjoyed about the Marine Corps and what I enjoyed in my earlier life was assembling uh, a team uh, to take on uh, difficult assignments and to win together as a team. And, and I, that, was the, the, that was true in the military, but it was also true in the hospitality industry. And um, I was 
in the fast food division. It was a, a division of the company uh, called Roy Rogers. It's since been um, sold, but um, we had a number of uh, units on the East Coast, uh, and I just fell in love with the restaurant industry and and uh, the hospitality business, and uh, so that was the beginning of my career. And I stayed with uh, w- with Marriott until um, the decision was made to divest of the restaurant businesses, and then I uh, moved to over to Pizza Hut with PepsiCo and remained uh, in my uh, relationship with uh, with the company and with uh, with Bill Marriott, and was very honored uh, when I retired from PepsiCo that that Bill called me and asked me if I would be willing to serve on the board of Marriott, which I was honored to do. And I served 13 years on the board of directors of Marriott. And uh, it's uh, still in my heart, uh, one of the greatest uh, organizations in the world. And and I have great admiration for the for the Marriott family and for the, the uh, leadership team and for the, the whole Marriott organization. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I'm really impressed by the whole experience that you had. Uh, but I know that you also, I love how you mentioned the teamwork, going back to what you said before, how you worked uh, when during your, your time at U.S. Naval Academy uh, and during your time at Marriott. And I, I, I really like how you mentioned the teamwork that both of them actually are um, really important, I think, for both of the industries. Um, that's something I can definitely see on a daily basis when I work with, with uh, people because without making a team uh, without making a really strong team, you really cannot achieve a success. Um, and then also, um, so another thing I, I want to talk about is that currently, you know, a lot of young people um, that are attending university or are planning on going to university in the near future might be pretty hesitant to pursue the, their career, whether that's going to be, you know, in the hospitality industry or, or any kind of industry at this point. I think it's mainly because of coronavirus. A lot of, of my friends that are um, pretty young, they're in their 20s, they are hesitant to go to university to pursue that career. Um, would you happen to have any advice for those who would like to you know, work towards their life goal, uh, pursue their dreams, but are still pretty hesitant? Uh, we're talking mainly for many about millennials or Gen Zs who are just getting their uh, feet wet into the, the industry. Well, I think it starts, uh, the answer to that question starts with really trying to know yourself. And I think one of the most important things that a leader needs to to do is really truly understand understand yourself and self-awareness. And if, if the goal of uh, being in the hospitality industry or whatever industry you choose, why and what is it you, you want to achieve? And if getting a, an education is an important part of that, then uh, you have to decide the trade-offs that are required in order to do it. In my own case, when I got out of the military, I realized I was well-trained to be a military officer, right. but I didn't have any business understanding at all. And uh, and so I decided that in order to to pursue the business career, I needed to go to business school, and and I did, and and clearly that decision had made a huge, uh, opened up huge opportunities for me. And there are trade offs. Uh, there are trade offs uh, certainly with the virus. There's a, an important health uh, challenge that one has to address. But um, you know, w- whatever decisions you you make in in your life, seldom. Do you make them without uh, having to 
weigh the trade-offs that are required. And um, so I think it's it's really, again, to summarize self-awareness, determining what is what your goal is, and then what sacrifices, what trade-offs that you need to make in order to pursue that. And um, also with that being said, because with your, uh, with your experience in the industry, I'm sure there were a lot of challenges that you had to face during your career time. Um, are there any of them that are that really stand out or there are particular ones that you wish you maybe changed or something that um, you know you learned from and you would be able to share with others on how they could could uh, potentially change that? Well, one thing I think is really important and it's hard uh, when you're in the thick of battle, particularly when you're younger starting your career to realize that obstacles and failures are not to be avoided or, um, to be considered fatal. My own experience, the biggest growth opportunities, the places I learned the most and that advanced my, uh, my career were really a result of, uh, overcoming obstacles and failures. And I, and I think one, uh, once, uh, someone comes to that understanding, you don't seek to fail. I mean, no one seeks that, but when it happens and when you have challenges and you have, uh, setbacks, um, it, it's really a way to, to demonstrate and to learn from those and uh, to move on. And in my own experience, uh, when I was looking for, for leaders, I, I really wanted to understand how did, what obstacles did you face and how did you overcome them? And if someone is, says they never had obstacles, uh, then either they're not telling the truth or, um, they, they in fact avoided obstacles, in which case uh, I wouldn't be terribly interested in, in pursuing that individual as a leader because things never go perfectly all the time. And, and true leaders are ones that can uh, figure out through uh, setbacks uh, how to recover and, and move on. And I certainly have seen that in leaders that I admire. That's another thing that I would like to touch on as well. It's uh, leadership and having a, a right leader. That's something that, um, you know, when I was at school and obviously when I was working as well during my, um, in the past few years, it was really important to find a right leader, someone who can guide you, someone who can show you the right path and show you how to do things right, pretty much. Would you say that during your, your, your time, um, were you able to find a leader or a few leaders that were able to inspire you or find that vision? Well, I, I was very, have been very fortunate in my life to have had some amazing people that I was able to uh, learn from. And, and certainly one of the big heroes of my life professionally is Bill Marriott. And I just watched Bill uh, over the, the years that I was at Marriott and after that. Uh, and watched how he inspired people uh, through his servant leadership, through his compassion, uh, through his commitment to excellence and to winning. And so Bill was one of them, but I was fortunate enough to have a number of others that, uh, that I worked with. But I would also say that you can learn a lot from uh, leaders that aren't effective and in, in how you want to not be like that type of leader. So you can't always be associated with, with uh, great leaders like Bill Marriott, but um, you can always learn from others and, um, and continue to strive to, 
to be a better uh, person and a better leader. And with that being said, I when you said that you worked for Marriott International for seven years, then you transitioned to be to go to uh, Pizza Hut. Is that right? I did. Yes. So during your time at Pizza Hut, you worked your way up all the way uh, up to a CEO of Pizza Hut in in, in North America. How was that path uh, during that time? How uh, how did you manage to uh, to work in, in in that industry? Well, I started uh, at Pizza Hut as the head of the U.S. operations. Um, at that point in time, Pizza Hut was was the largest pizza chain in in uh, America and, and frankly in the world. Uh, but we were a dine-in restaurant. We didn't do delivery. And at that time, uh, Domino's just came on the scene and they were strictly a delivery uh, business. And and we weren't in that business. And uh, so we, we made the decision that we wanted to, uh, to, to take on delivery. And that sounds like a very simple transition, but it wasn't. And I was... Uh, I was tasked with with leading the business uh, into delivery, and and our first foray into uh, into that effort um, was was a huge failure, and and as I said earlier about fail learning from failures, we had spent a lot of money to to try a plan to take on this new business. At one point, we were losing a million dollars a month on a business that was making at the time about $50 million a year. So this was a huge loss and it, and there was no uh, nothing in sight to see this thing turning around. And we had to back up and say, this this is a failure. And I, I think many times that I was, uh, I'd wake up in the morning during those year, that those months and think, man, I, I'm sure I'm gonna get fired today because this is a disaster. And I, and my boss, when I went to him and said, this isn't working, uh, and he said, yeah, I know it's not working. So what are you going to do about it? And, uh, we, we came up with a new plan and we put it in place and he had the patience and the faith and the commitment to stay with us. And we, we were able to take that revised plan and, and, uh, and turn the business around relatively quickly and then went on to become the, the number one delivery company in the, uh, pizza delivery company in the, in the country. And, that learning experience um, was was a huge uh, lesson for me. I never forgot after that, and was a big part of everything I did after that. A couple of the lessons was one that I had a boss that believed in us, believed in me, and stuck with us even though we had this huge failure. And then secondly, I realized how important it was to to have a team of competent people that um, thoughtfully came up with a strategy and then had the tenacious commitment to make that that uh, strategy happen. And um, uh, that was a, an amazing experience. And those years between 1985 and 1988, when we uh, started the project, failed and turned it around, were very important years for all of us that were part of that. Um, that turnaround. So that, as a result of that, I became the CEO of the of Pizza Hut um, in the U.S. and and then eventually the worldwide Pizza Hut business. And I thought I would stay in the restaurants the rest of my life, and never thought I loved the business. I loved the job. We loved where we lived. Um, but my boss came to me, and the chairman came and said, 
you know, would you be willing to go to Frito-Lay? And we moved to Dallas and was with Frito-Lay for eight years. And those were also eight great years of learning and growing. And, and from that, I uh, became the president of PepsiCo and then eventually the CEO and chairman. So that was sort of my post-Marriott experience. That's fantastic. That's an amazing experience. And in 2001, you became a CEO of PepsiCo, where I read that the revenue increased by $9 billion in 10 years and net income increased by 70%. Would you say those were the times where PepsiCo grew the most? Well, PepsiCo has always been a growth company, and, and uh, I, I don't know if that was the fastest growth periods or not. I've never gone back to look, but we, uh, in 2001, we, we, we merged with, um, with Quaker, uh, and Quaker owned Gatorade. And so, uh, that was a huge, um, acquisition for us. And it really gave us the stepping stone, uh, to have a, a great position in, uh, better for you, good for you foods and, and, uh, beverages. And it sort of opened up a whole new avenue for growth for the company. And it, those were exciting times, uh, as we, we, uh, grew that business. When I was, uh, I was talking with some of, of my friends and then trying to get information from the listeners as well, one of the questions that they had uh, was, does being a CEO of a large company like PepsiCo, does it bring actually more challenges than while working on the level lower positions? Because I'm sure there's more pressure, there's more challenges, but at the same time, there's more opportunities. And uh, would you say that during your time at PepsiCo or Pizza Hut, uh, would you say that it was definitely... Uh, more of a challenge when you're a CEO? No, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like, uh, I, I feel fortunate that every position I, I had in my professional career, I loved every one of them. And I, and I think it's really important to, uh, to, to think about your career in terms of what you're doing today. At, at any point in my career, I felt like this is the best job I ever had. I love what I'm doing. And I could, I could actually do this for a long time. I never expected that I would not finish my career at Pizza Hut, uh, running Pizza Hut. I, I love that job. The challenges of the job were tremendous. The opportunities were, the people were great. Um, so I think it's important as you think about your career, not to think about a job as a stepping stone to something else, but to think about it as a passion that you love and that you're committed to and that you enjoy. Because if you're going through a job and saying, this is just a stepping stone to something else, one, you're not gonna enjoy it. You're, uh, the people that you work with aren't gonna enjoy working with you. And you're probably not gonna be successful if you think about it that way. Right, yeah, but, and you're not gonna deliver all the uh, all the, the best service, just like an in industry in the, in the hospitality industry. That's exactly what I see a lot of people that are just going for the money or they're just going to their typical nine to five job. They're really not happy with what they're doing. But when I, when I look at people that are really passionate and they, they, they deliver that service, you know, above and beyond, this is, I think where exactly people are able to succeed and not, not just look for money, but they look for, uh, for career, for something that they love to do. And um, I also have one more question when it comes to being a CEO and actually stepping down as a CEO of one of the largest companies in the U.S., how do you make sure that your successor, next person, 
uh, will have the same vision, same goal for the company? Well, I was so fortunate to have a wonderful team around me of very, very capable people that were expert in their areas better than I was in any of the specific areas that they led. And um, so we had a, a we had a number of people who were capable of um, of stepping in and uh, becoming CEO. And I think a leader's responsibility, uh, one of your key responsibilities is to, uh, to motivate the team to perform, but also to develop leaders uh, for the future. And um, Indra Nui um, uh, and I worked together for a number of years. She was the uh, uh, CFO of the company and uh, she was the, the individual who was chosen to succeed me and um, did a phenomenal job in growing the company. Um, she um, is an internationalist, and under her leadership, the company expanded internationally at a, at a rate that we had never done before. Uh, she's a stri- strategist. She understood the importance of developing health and wellness and did a great job of continuing to transform the company to a company with a product line that spanned from good for you products to fun for you products. And, and um, so I, I couldn't be more proud of what Indra's success uh, and she's uh, since retired herself and um, her successor is taking the business again to the next level. And I think it sort of speaks to the heritage of PepsiCo where we've had uh the right leaders in the right place at the right time to grow the business. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. And the last question that I wanted to ask you is your experience as a dean of business school at Wake Forest University. How was the transition from being a CEO to being a dean of business school? Well, I never planned uh, to be, to go into academia. It was, um, it, was an opportunity that uh, that was there, and and it sounded like a great opportunity for our family, and for uh, for me to sort of give back. And one of the things I've always enjoyed doing is mentoring uh, other leaders. And uh, really, the the role of a dean is to is to mentor the faculty and the students. And um, I I love that experience. We. Um, uh, the six years that I was uh, was dean, I developed friendships that I have maintained uh, and continue to uh, be involved with, even though I've moved on from being from being dean. So it was a very logical next step, and in in, in um, the whole area of uh, helping to develop leaders, which is something I enjoy doing. Well, the last question I had, would you happen to have any advice or um, anything you would want to share to people that are in the young uh, stages, let's just say, and then they're looking for their passion, they would like to do something with their life in the future? Well, I guess I'd I'd start by going back to something I said earlier, and that is to really examine yourself and to decide what you, what's really important to you, what really, uh, what skills you really have. Um, and not to be influenced by uh, the surroundings, uh, the, your friends, your family that um, may have well good intentions for you, but they don't know you. And know yourself and be passionate about what it is you choose to do. And do it um, calling on all the skills that, that you have. And I have a little leadership model that I like to think about, and I, I, I put it as a... 
as a draft for myself, and I use it to to advise and counsel and evaluate others. And that is, first, what what is your core? What is it that really drives you? So the first C of uh, of that of my uh, leadership model is core. What is the very inner core of your life, and what's important to you? The the next is that that core will drive your character, mm-hmm. and developing your character as a as a human being and as a leader uh, is critical. And uh, those are the rules that you hold yourself accountable to as you develop as a leader. And then it's competency, developing that competency so that you can excel at what you do. And competency has two parts. It's first uh, the sort of I call academic, the capabilities in your chosen profession. And the second is the experiences and the practical demonstration of that when it all comes into competency. And early in your career, it's really important to to really understand uh, the competency required for excellence. And then it's commitment. You know, at the end of the day, the most talented people uh, don't succeed if they're not committed. Uh, and, and that commitment is, is um, de- really determines the winners uh, from the losers. And then the, the, the other C is, is compassion. And that is that you, seldom in life uh, do, do you ever succeed based on your own capabilities alone? You, the importance of life is, is to work and encourage and support and promote and develop others and to be compassionate and have empathy for the lives of those people that you work with. Because at the end of the day, when all is said and done, the most important uh, legacy that one leaves is the impact that they have on others. So long-winded answer to your question, but that's sort of the, the, the five C's of my uh, leadership model. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this advice. There's a lot of information right here, but I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time uh, being right here, spending time and sharing all your life story. Uh, Thank you so much, Mr. Raymond. It's a privilege to be with you and I salute uh, you on your leadership. I got to, to watch that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. It was really a pleasure meeting you last week. Thank you again and have a great day. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, let your friends, let your family know, and also support me on Patreon. So for those who aren't too familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on -on one-on-one basis, a place where you can support my work and get exclusive content that I'll be sharing with you. This is where I'll be sharing my knowledge about travel, finance, by sharing posts, links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.